Welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. Brought to you by the Intel Internet of Things Group. Hello and welcome to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we talk about modern challenges and future solutions. It is brought to you by the Network and Edge Solutions Group. In this episode, we are talking about medical data, the need for privacy and anonymization. We'll look at trending use cases and the innovation enabled by the Intel's Internet of Things Group. I am your host, Michelle Don Mooney, and today I'm joined by Agata Hudzinska, who is head of AI for theblue.ai, and Abhishek Kuala, Principal Health AI Engineer for Intel Health and Life Sciences. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you for inviting Happy to be here. We have a lot of important things to get to, so let's start off with the role that medical data plays in the healthcare system. Just how much data are we talking about that needs to be managed on a regular basis? Yeah, um, I think uh, healthcare data is more than 30% of the world's data. It is also growing at a, at a rate of more than 43% per year. So we are talking about a large amount of data. Healthcare data is critical because like, as you can see the mega trends going on right now, it is around soaring cost you know, of healthcare across the whole world. And, uh, and, and the way it can be managed is through better, better uh, care and payment reforms and things like that, all of that has to be informed through the data. We also have a problem of uh, aging population, multiple chronic uh, diseases, like, like one in three people in the world have multiple chronic diseases. Right now, more than uh, the people under the age of five is less than people over the age of 65. And, uh, and all of these issues uh, that that is going on around is is the the data need to be collected for this and that need to be analyzed. We also have uh, issue of shortage of 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 providers across the world, and that means that we need to analyze this data even even more vigorously and augment assist these clinicians in caring for the patients. So overall, like uh, we are talking about a huge amount of data here and, and, and a need for an analysis of this data. Now I've mentioned how medical data is like, like this huge data set in the world, but what is important to note is only 3% of this data is utilized as of today for analysis or for applying, uh, applying AI on it. And, and uh, across the world, Hospitals have invested a lot of money to implement electronic medical record systems and that help capture a lot of medical data. However, everybody is now looking at how to unlock this data where it creates value. So I would also add to that that I totally agree with Abhishek. So we often think of medical data in terms of just medical documentation or the lab results, but there's so much more of that. So this is all kinds of wearables that right now are having, all kinds of watches, additional sensors that, that are still collecting our data and quite frequently these are the data connected to all healthcare. Apart from that, we have, for example, cameras that are being placed in all hospitals in many different places. 
We have the applications that monitor our healthcare. There are also medical images like MRIs and so many more sources. And the last time we also have like mixed reality applications where we also collect completely new kinds of data also, which are describing our health, health information. And as we just heard, a lot of data to sift through. But of course, the real value from having that data comes from the ability to share it. So why is shared data so important in the healthcare industry? So I think there are many perspectives to that. So first, we have the primary usage of data, which is the usage of the patient directly. So we have limited number of experts. So it can be that we live in a place where with the lower population, so we have also a lower number of experts. So it's just the ability to get the medical advice, to get the, to get the medical consultation. On the other hand, the limited number of experts is not only the problem of the lower population areas. Sometimes we just want to get a second opinion because maybe the first doctor that is analyzing our data is saying we need to have some critical surgery, but we don't agree with that. So we would like to have the opinion of, of the other doctor, which maybe is living in quite distant area. So in this case, the sharing of the data plays quite important role. The extension to that is also what we can call the transfer of care. So assuming that we are also traveling so that we also still can have the access of our data. But I think what makes it even more interesting in here is the so-called secondary use of data. So here it's all kind of additional information that we can get from the medical data. So for example, this can be any new ways of developing a new drug. So we can think here of pharmaceutical companies who get the real data of the patients so that they can see some more complicated patterns in there and so that they can develop faster and better way to develop the drugs. These are also the research institutes that are also developing that, that are taking part in the clinical trials, who are also working and cooperating with many more other institutions where sharing of this data is crucial so that they can collaborate. And similarly, it is also when you think about the medtech companies. So also from, from our angle as, as a company, it's also quite important to analyze and to have access to the real data so that we can really understand them and detect the patterns. Quite interesting thing that just came, that, that just comes to my mind is when I was talking with one of the research institutes about how and where the analytics is being used currently. They said it's quite frequent to use it when it comes to the surgical planning, to the, to, to the operations at all. But what they said, it's actually also optimizing the processes in healthcare that needs to have more attention. Because what they said, even analyzing, like, for example, the videos from the, from the surveillance cameras or the additional information that are being stored and processed, just seeing and analyzing this kind of data can immensely contribute to, uh, to optimizing the process and being able to help much more patients just in comparison to, to, to just adjusting it in the processes that are more obvious, like, like using some robots in, in the surgery room. Yeah, I would like to add that uh, that uh, there's a notion that uh, that the medical data used to be in files before, right? There would be files with all those papers punched in and that would be in the basement. Now it could be in a, in a, in a, in a server in the basement, again siloed. So, so we need to ask that question 
is what use the medical data would be if it is not shared. It's only the sharing of data, as uh, Agata mentioned, that help with transfer of care or with research or the med tech company. Or, and also, when, when we're looking at the data, for, for the data to be inclusive, like for any of the research work to be inclusive, it need data from, from different medical population um, so, that, so that they see a more uh, wide aspect of the patient, uh, kind of patients that are there, the kind of, kind of different demographics that are there. And that also requires the data to be shared in order for, for, for it to be more inclusive of, uh, of, of the different, uh, different population. And of course, our main objective is the patients. We want the best for our patients. So let's talk about the flip side for a moment. We've heard about the pros of sharing medical data, but there's also great concern for privacy, understandably so. So what types of privacy regulations are currently in place for the United States and Europe? And how are they impacting the process of sharing medical data? I think one of the obvious answers that comes directly to our mind would be GDPR in Europe and HIPAA in the US. But surprisingly, I also came across one of the reports in the last time which said that actually over 70% of the countries worldwide, so it's about 140 countries, already have some kind of regulations which protect the data and the privacy of individuals. So that is really surprising high number. Um, and for sure, as I mentioned, we have the GDPR in Europe, which is quite important regulation, so which I would like to come back in a minute. But sure, we have the HIPAA in the US, which are concentrated on the health information, but we also have the CCPA in California, and we have many regulations in South America, Asia, and actually across all the globe. Uh, when it comes to GDPR, I think it's quite important and interesting in here because it's by many mentioned the toughest privacy and security law in the, in the whole world. I think it's, it's also quite important one because it's, it was a try of the European Union to set a new global standard for processing of, of personal information. So it's, it's meant to be a standard when it comes to the lawfulness, to, to the transparency of processing of the data to give the individuals the right to, to have the full control over their own data. Um, I think it's really good that we have it, that we see this kind of, uh, of proceedings. Uh, but it also poses quite many challenges when it comes to processing and to sharing of the data. Because in these terms, we need to think about many limitations, such as we need to collect as little data as possible, and that we need to have very clear purpose of that, which is quite tricky when I think about the secondary use of data that I just mentioned. So we need to collect the consent of the patients or of the individuals and say, why exactly are we collecting this data so that they can agree to that. Um, apart from that, there are many other aspects such as security, such as storage of the data so that we can store only the data as long as it's needed for this given purpose. And the data always needs to be up to date. So there are quite many obligations that the processors of the data needs to need to guarantee. So if we think about what we just said about all of the ways of processing the data, of sharing the data, what use of them we can have. So looking from the perspective of these companies and also from the perspective of the hospital, there is quite, so they are quite afraid of sharing this data. 
because of all of the compliance regulations. So looking from the perspective of AI company, uh, which, which, so for the perspective that is a little bit better known by me, it's the first step, which is just getting the data is actually the toughest because there are quite many, there are quite many, um, fears connected with that, that we need to do it in a very compliant way. So, so this is quite a big challenge in, in this area. And I would add that, uh, first of all, the medical data privacy is super important. It's a very sensitive data. It is also a data that can be misused. So, so there's no doubt that this data need to be protected. And there, as Agata mentioned, there are regulations like HIPAA in US, GDPR in European Union. However, as we start looking at it in a broader level, there seems to be regulation all across the world um, because of just the sensitivity of this data. From impact perspective, as Agata mentioned, like uh, when we talk not just to um, to many different um, medtech, uh, you know, AI, uh, ISVs, they all were, uh, they mentioned that getting data from hospital just, just and, and, and by the way, data is the starting point for any analytics project. And just getting that data is the toughest, uh, uh, toughest, uh, uh, step in, in their process. And, and because of all this regulation, the hospitals are very sensitive about no, no data leaving their premise. So that affects like, so they have ethical boards and the board would meet every six months in, in certain cases. And this not only it is tough, but it is also very time consuming and it kind of delays or, or just reduces the velocity of, of the work uh, altogether. This is, also a biggest reason why healthcare uh, companies or hospitals and everybody are catching up with cloud uh, late in the game as compared to other industries. Um, now we are seeing an uptick in data moving to cloud, but that is the one of the biggest reason behind that is the cloud companies are doing a little better job uh, on, on compliance or taking some of the legal risk uh, around these these regulations. So, so overall it has, uh, uh, these regulations have huge impact, not just on on how the data is moving around or shared, um, but the the entire velocity of the uh, of the technology progress in this area. Yes, as Abhishek, Abhishek mentions, just the cloud providers. So this is also quite interesting area when we take a look, for example, at GDPR, because all of the main cloud providers are basically American companies, which means. There are also specific regulations which violate GDPR in terms of that some parts of the data on the paper might be transferred to the US. And also because of the additional laws in the US, it might be possible that some of the, uh, that this data can be accessed also by the governmental usage, which is, which is not compatible with GDPR and that poses quite big challenges currently in the Europe. And what we can also see is also the trend that even the biggest corporations in the world, they try to adjust and are building also their, their organizations. So also their data storage and, and data processing capacities more and more in Europe so that they can comply with all of the regulations that take place here. So this is also quite interesting area in that. 
Apart from that, I, I think it's, there is also one quite interesting aspect. So we are saying here about the legal, legal regulations, about the data privacy, etc. But I think it's quite interesting from the perspective of the mental change that happened in the last year. Maybe it's connected by the fact that we're talking so much about the data privacy. But what we can see is also that people, each time when you ask them if they will provide to you their personal data, they are right now thinking twice about it. So 10 or 20 years ago, no, no one even cared, like, why, why should I not agree to that? But right now, everyone is like taking it quite directly because they are very much looking that they are not giving their data where they have no control about it. So I think it's, it's also quite interesting aspects what we see in the last years. So obviously there are challenges to work through, but the good news is we are also finding solutions. So what technologies are being used to help healthcare facilities share sensitive information while still working to protect patients' privacy? How reliable are they? Can you share any real life scenarios? So we have to understand uh, while we apply technology, we need to first understand the nature of the healthcare data. So healthcare data is uh, is about, uh, we have both uh, types of data in healthcare, uh, structured and unstructured. Structured data is what uh, can be present in a relational database and and we pretty much know what field um, uh, are, are related with, uh, with with privacy uh, you know or, or, or protected uh, clinical information and and it is a little easier to go and redact those or, or or remove that from from the data to to anonymize the data however a vast majority more than 80 percent of medical data and this this is this this large data set that we talked about initially is is unstructured uh, data these are like the medical images you know these are the clinical notes um uh, so uh, so it is it is uh, it is tougher to go to to analyze these um these unstructured data and find out where exactly uh, there is uh, any kind of uh, identifiable information and that's where the ai is 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 so uh, useful like we have um um, one one of the areas of AI that is well advanced is computer vision, and computer vision could be used to analyze the medical um, uh, images or even videos, and like you can um, blur the faces of the clinicians and pro and the patient uh, to 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 not uh, reveal them, like in in a way like the. To, for them to be not identified. Uh, you can also go ahead and, and look at the whole image and see where, where, wherever there is any data that, that can identify the patient, you can, you can go ahead and, um, and, and uh, kind of blur it out or redact that. Um, on the side of uh, clinical notes and, and, and other places, right, uh, there is, uh, um, uh, again, uh, NLP technologies, natural language processing technologies can be used uh, to go and make sense of that whole um, uh, date, um, that, that, the text in, the, in that notes and, and, and accordingly find out what, is, um, what could be identifiable information and remove that. Now, there could be a lot of uh, 
uh, like say when you're writing notes, you know, there could be a note could say um, that the patient is a congressman from this district, you know. Now that is that is like looks looks like it is it is a is a piece of text, but but it can easily uh, identify the patient, right? So so there is a need for uh, so much of context around 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 this to to understand what what is not um, doesn't seem like a identifiable information on the top can be insinuated or can be interpreted. Uh, to 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 um, uh, to to really find out uh, the identity of the patient, and and again, AI technology could be a, a game changer in this area, and that's what we are uh, we are working on, and that's that's uh, a project we also did with the Blue AI, like from uh, with Agata's organization. In, in order to um, to address such a situation. I'll let Agata talk more about that use case. Yeah, sure. So so there are actually quite many scenarios and quite many examples that, that just come to my head related with that. So one of them, as Abhishek just mentioned, was connected with one of the implementations that we're having in, in Florida, where we were working with a hospital who, which applied the mixed reality solution of one of our partner companies. But one of the challenges there was that, of course, with mixed reality, you're also having additional sensors, such as the such as the cameras, which are also collecting the data both about the patients but also about the staff. So one of the examples here in this in this case was connected with the fact that both the patients but also the staff they sometimes don't want that their personal information is being used in any conferences or in any further education scenarios or in many other cases. So here in this in this specific use case, we use the computer vision technology as mentioned by Abhishek. So that we could automatically delete all of the personal information present in the movies and so that this could be used further in, in this case. On the other hand, we also have many different areas. So for example, we have worked with one of the hospitals in Austria because of the need for anonymization of the medical documentation in there. So they were supposed to actually send all of the medical documentation for one of the controlling bodies with the specific need of anonymizing everything, like all of the personal information which could be found in the medical documentation. The challenge here was that actually, as Abhishek just mentioned, the medical documentation is unstructured data. So everywhere in the text, there could be some information that would just pop up and, and which could be present. So, so far the process has been done manually, meaning that there needed to be additional people who are just reading through the documentation and checking if maybe there is any, any personal information in there so that it's, so that it gets anonymized. What we could also apply using natural language processing is to automatically detect all of the information and just to, instead of doing it in hours or days, do it in seconds or minutes so that we could automatically detect it and verify it. I think one of the important areas in here is that in all of these cases, we always need to have, we always need to give humans the possibility to check it because for sure, we never can give a warranty to anyone that, that the AI solutions will detect all of the possible information. 
or it will not detect too much or too little. So I think it's also quite important to underline the, the need of the human-machine cooperation so that we also have the verification by humans if really all of the information has been detected. So I think it's, it's also quite important, all of the areas where we apply AI and also in here so that we really can check and and verify that that we have that the privacy of the individuals is always being guaranteed. I would also add here that uh, that uh, uh, for AI um, uh, solutions to be successful, it need to be it need to align with the workflow and not be an extra burden uh, or add extra time, uh, you know, uh, pressure on 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 the clinicians. And that's why it need to be performant. And uh, and 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 just do the work. Uh, many times, even even like as as something is going on, the AI AI process or AI algorithm need to work on it. Like say for for example, as clinicians are watching the video, uh, at that time only the face need to be blurred uh, for the clinicians as well as the patient. So um, so and that is where uh, it's important to optimize those AI solution. And that, that that those are the kind of work that we have done with uh, with with Agata's company. As we know, technology is ever evolving. So what does the future hold? What's in the pipeline to help healthcare facilities use data to help better diagnose, treat, and care for patients while keeping their privacy at the forefront? There are organizations across the world that who, who, their primary purpose is to bring the data together for equipping the, um, the hospitals and clinics of the world to be able to share the data and for them to be able to aggregate the data. These are like the health information exchange that we have, say in US in different states or or the Sequoia project that is doing it at the national level. So they are taking, um, uh, so I think it's important to, to, to remove the burden of uh, data privacy or all the regulations around the data from individual hospitals and clinic uh, and if there are organizations which uh, which which help bring the data together and uh, and they they are the expert on on making sure that all of these uh, regulations are followed um, that way uh, at least the um, the data would be shared and we will have that longi- longitudinal record so that's one one way that i see in future this these uh, information exchanges and the, this sharing of data will become more relevant and will be more adopted. Um, apart from that, we also have a lot of opportunity in the federated learning um, technology within AI. So what uh, the new approach to federated learning and what Intel also follows is where the data, uh, where data doesn't need to be shared or does, doesn't need to go to the compute, rather the compute comes to the data. So the data could still be within the firewall of a hospital or clinic and can still inform a model within a secure enclave within that hospital or clinics, uh, you know, premise. And, and, uh, and so, and, and, and that kind of a model can also be updated by a lot of other collaborate, collaborating um, hospitals and clinic. And then all of that model uh, can be brought together and aggregated to create a global model that is informed by the collective data across all of these organizations. Um, and that way they don't have to share the data outside the premise, but, but, but get advantage of the 
collective uh, data. Like so, because in healthcare, it's so important. Um, uh, many times, you know, we, we talked about the staggering amount of data in healthcare, but at the same time, when it comes to some rare disease or some specific use case, a single organization struggles with the right amount of curated data. Also, a single organization generally look at one, uh, one, one type of population or a certain demographic. So for a AI solution to be more generalized, it's also important to collaborate uh, from, from that angle. So we see federal learning as also another um, big, um, uh, like, and this is more like is going on right now, but its adoption uh, will only increase in the future. So, so excited about that in the future as well. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with Webishek. And maybe to follow up also with, with, with this distinction. So let's say the legal and, and the technological perspective. Uh, yeah, so I would add to that also looking at the European market and, 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 and European Union. Uh, so following up on, on the first aspect that Abhishek just mentioned. So I think it will be not only the options to, to collaborate, to share the data more easily. I think there will be even, it, it will be even demanded from some of the hospitals or even creating the whole standards that should be followed. So we have currently, it's, it's quite early stage regulation in the European Union called European Health Data Space. So the idea with, with, with that initiative is to create ways to sharing the data between all of the hospitals and all of the European Union, both for the, uh, for the primary use so that you can travel through the European Union and you can have access to in any country that, that, that you are currently, you can have access to your whole medical documentation also in the given language so that you can have the continuity, continuity of, of, um, of your treatment. And on the other hand, it should also clarify a bit the secondary use of the data. So it should give ways to the different institutions, to the different companies to access this data in one central place. And so that all of the developments in this area can be much faster. So I think there will be quite much happening in the area when it comes also to the, to the legal, um, to the legal area. On the other hand, when it comes to technology, I fully agree regarding the federated learning. So this is for sure one very interesting aspect. Maybe in connection to that, I would also mention edge AI. So in general, the trend of processing the data directly on the devices is collecting the data. So we have any kind of intelligent cameras or specific devices that are collecting and processing without sending the data anywhere. So I think this trend is also getting more and more important. And maybe from a different angle, I would also call, I will also mention here the homomorphic encryption. So this is more an area in which we are thinking about applying AI models on encrypted data. So it means even if this data goes anywhere, anything happens, no one can do anything about them. So it's, it's just about they are still being encrypted, but still we can train the AI models in a way that they, you could do the things that, that you want to do with them. So for example, you can classify if the given person has a cancer or not without being able to see the real data behind it. So this is something that currently is, is being computationally very, very much expensive. So it's, yeah, no, 
super useful application of that yet, but I think if we see also the progression of the quantum computing and all of and all of the capacities that, that we probably will be having in the next time, that will be for sure also an interesting area to look at. Some great information discussed today. And if anyone out there is listening and would like more information or has some questions, where should they go? Yeah, you can contact me or any other friendly uh, teammate on Intel Health and Life Sciences team or visit www.intel.com health to learn more about uh, our work in this area. You can also contact either me directly or if you would like to discover a little bit more about the different use cases when it comes to data sharing and anonymization, you can also visit our website www.sharemedics.com. Perfect. And I want to thank you both for being here. Agata Hudzinska, Head of AI, the Blue.ai, and Abhishek Koala, Principal Health AI Engineer for Intel Health and Life Sciences. Really a pleasure to have you join me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. And I want to thank our audience for listening and tuning into Health and Life Sciences at the Edge, where we take a look at modern challenges and future solutions brought to you by the Network and Edge Solutions Group. To hear the latest thought leadership from Intel, we encourage you to subscribe to Health and Life Sciences at the Edge to stay up to date with every new episode. I'm your host, Michelle Dawn Mooney. We hope to see you soon.